I think, Dana, your comment, I need to make a male decision. It's like, what decision is for a male versus a female? Like, okay, sure. Well, well, maybe (laughs) when I said that, it wasn't per se a male decision, maybe a a head of household decision. Maybe I could have clarified that and said that a little better. And, you know, sometimes I need to feel in charge, even though, like I said, I know I'm not. But But why do men need to feel... This is part of, I think, the problem. Like, why do men need to feel that power? I mean, I think it's just the way society is set up and the way society has been set up. So is there certain things that we are made to believe that men should take care of? And there's certain things that we are made to believe that women should take care of. But those beliefs are really non-existent right now. I mean, because it's nothing that um, men can do that and women can't do and vice versa besides having kids and not having kids. You are now listening to the Girl Talk with Pops podcast. My name is Brittany. And I'm Todd. On this podcast, my daughter and I are digging into the complicated dynamics between men and women. It's not every day that you hear a father and daughter talk openly about the struggles of love, relationships, dating, and life. But because we're dedicated to elevating the conversation between women and their fathers and father figures, we're sharing our intimate conversations with you. That's right. No sugarcoating and 100% vulnerability. Tune in every week to hear our fresh perspectives on challenges that men and women face every day. Let's go. We on the same page. We trying to get this stuff started. What up, baby? Nothing much. How are you? Oh, man, I am great. It's a Sunday. I had my little rest yesterday. So this is my party day without a party. You know what I'm saying? Sunday fun day. That's what we Sunday call it. fun day. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Sunday fun day. What's up, people? Y'all need to join me for Sunday Fun Day. We're gonna broadcast <laughs> we gonna broadcast my Sunday Fun Day live one day and see how y'all get down. I would love that, actually. Oh, I think yeah. that would be really fun. <laughs> I think it'll be a blast. And I'm coming at you just with what I got on at the crib. So be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that might be. <laughs> All depends on what I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to jump right into it. I'm super excited for this episode. It's a continuation of a recent show that we had where Pops and I talked about how Black women take care of slash prefer or help Black men more than they help themselves. In general, we aligned on the fact that history is mostly told from the perspective of men. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. Unfortunately, okay. uh huh. We also agree that women are just more nurturing of the two sexes. Do you I also? agree. I agree. Okay. With that. So those are like kind of two takeaways that will drive us into this conversation. But I really want to take that conversation a bit further. One of the things that came up is this concept of black male privilege. And you joked and said, what's that? I want to revisit that and talk explicitly about black male privilege in this episode. And this episode is going to be a little bit different because we do have a guest. But in the past, our guests have been women and we've discussed their relationship with their fathers or their father figures. But this time we're welcoming another father. 
which I think is extremely exciting to talk about his thoughts and how they may impact his daughters and a young father at that. So we have a little bit of a generational difference here. But I thought it would be interesting to bring on a younger father because so many of our discussions center around what you learned as a young adult. So I just thought it would be valuable for our listeners to hear from a younger father who is actually raising daughters right now. But on top of that, we are making it a family affair. So I'm excited to welcome my cousin Dana, your nephew to the show. Dana, say what's up. What up, though, world? How y'all doing? Happy to be here. Thanks, Unc. Thanks, Britt, for having me on the show. I'm a huge fan of the show, uh, advocate of the show. I've been waiting my turn in line to be a special <laughs> guest. Time has come. Thanks, you guys, for having me. Of course. For sure, for sure. Glad to have another male perspective on this show because uh, <laughs> things be getting heated around here. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, they do. They, uh, yeah, they gang, they gang up on you sometime. I'm, I'm always, I'm always with you in spirit, though. My man, my man. <laughs> so, Dana, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? Okay. Like Brittany said, um, I'm her cousin. Pops is my uncle. I'm in the military. I've been in the military 16 years from Detroit. I live in North Carolina now. Been married 16 years and I have two beautiful daughters. Uh, I have an 11-year-old and a 6-year-old. They love Brittany. They love Unc. And, you know, they're excited for me being on the show right now. Nice, nice. And they're so adorable. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> Yeah, they are. At times. Mm. <laughs> From afar, they're always adorable. <laughs> right. But yeah, I thought it would be really cool to have you on the show to talk about black male privilege for a few reasons. We've talked about this. My dad and I have talked about this in various forms, but he has also been very influential in your upbringing. So I thought it would be really interesting to hear how all of our viewpoints on black male privilege differ or are the same. So welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Thanks in advance for your vulnerability, for opening up. Hold on, about- hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what vulnerability <laughs> mean, right? Uh, yes, I do. 100 percent. All right. All right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She's going to. Yeah. She's about to pick me apart. All right. Wow. I already know. <laughs> no, you just have to be honest. You know, me and Brittany, we, we do a lot of wordplay around here because a lot of times I don't be knowing what words. <laughs> so she got to tell me. So I guess I'm picking on you like, you know, with vulnerability. Because right? <laughs> I had to learn that. I knew sort of what it meant. But, you know, throughout time, now I really know what it means because I found out that in order for this to work, I have to be vulnerable. I have to be Absolutely. honest and I, and I have to live in my truth, which uh, that's one thing I always say this podcast has helped me really get to is my true, truthful self. Absolutely. Yeah. Understand 100 percent. Um, Yeah, I'm ready. Cool. Thank you both for rocking with me today. So getting back to the topic, black male privilege, maybe we should start with my kind of definition of privilege, just so that we're all on the same page about this concept of black male privilege. Because typically when we talk about privilege in the black community, we are talking about white privilege. But the privilege here that we are talking about is not limited to economic, political, or even military areas of life. Privilege can be social, it can be cultural, it can be sexual, it can be institutional, and it can be interpersonal in nature. So in general, when I think about privilege and when I get to talking to you more about it, these are things that men might take for granted. 
because they are a man or because they are a black man. It could also be things that come at the expense of women in general and African-American women in particular. And lastly, it can just be things that are promoting and sustaining male supremacist attitudes and actions. That's a mouthful. But do we have questions before I go on? I, I mean, I think I follow so far. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Let's get started. All right. A question for both of you. Do you think that black men are more privileged than black women? OK, I'll start. I think there was a time that black men were more privileged. I think in today's society, black men in general are losing that so-called privilege only because, I mean, in my opinion, the black woman is is winning. I mean, that, that's not taking anything away from the man, but black women are statistically doing a lot more than black men are doing. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I wish we both were statistically winning, but black women are completing school more. They're opening up more businesses. They're just doing a whole lot more. So that's going to raise their status, whether you want it raised or not. It just raises their status. And I mean, just from social media, I see it all the time. I see where women are like are funding and the men is they just fall in the place where they could get into. And maybe that's just my social media. But, you know, you both can correct me if I'm wrong, because see, we all look at different social media. So, you know, we right. all yeah. we all got you know, different eras of the same social media, but different eras of what's going on with with what we're all following. But that's what I see. And just talking to, you know, a lot of cats I know, I'd be like, man, y'all really need to. I mean, even for myself, you know, I, I, I have had to step my game up, but I know a lot of guys that they really need to step their game up because they're being they're going to be passed up and they're not going to be looked at by women the way they weren't looked at. I'm talking about as far as relationship building and choosing and whatnot is just not going to happen like it used to happen because men are losing. I, I don't I guess it's just um, the times and whatnot, but it, it's something that we're not doing as men that we need to do. And maybe it's something that's always been. But women now realize that if I'm going to get ahead, I got to get myself ahead and I got to push forward. And I think most women, they got more like your grandmother always say, stick to it. They they stick to what they start out and men tend to include myself. I tend to fall back on my plan. So if I got a plan and my woman got a plan, she may stick to it. And I, I would tend to fall back. And then therefore her privilege is really superseding my privilege because if she is the breadwinner, she is this, if she is that, where's my place to use my privilege? My privilege is gone. So I just want to clarify that you're um, mostly referring to access to education and which brings um, economical privilege, which brings sure, which which may not translate in full, which we can get to. But okay, access to education and potentially the number of women that are starting businesses. Those are the two primary points. Okay. Yes. Um, Dana, go ahead. So historically, um, I'm not going to say I don't think black men have privilege. I think it was just a male privilege. I think those days are over as far as like male privilege. Just for instance, like when I look within my family, I know for a fact that my wife is the head of the household. And Ooh, say that again. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I say that because definitely. because this is a, a topic that we always talk about. And I, I always say that most great households, they went, even if they're not preceded as the head, they're the head of the household. Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree 100 percent. But so as far as black men privilege as a whole, I think the African-American community is somewhat like what Unc said, like the black women's stock is definitely on the rise. And I think our stock is somewhat falling as black men. And I know there's some social injustices when it comes to opportunities for black women and things like that. But I think it was accepted in the past. Like that was a, you know, this is the way it is and, you know, we can't do anything about it. But I don't think women are taking no for an answer anymore. You know, it's just not that's the way it is. You know, back in the day when grandma was growing up, they just didn't have the opportunity to do some things and they just accepted it. But now black women are out here doing it for themselves if they don't have any help. I don't see it. I, I do see it, but I think times are changing. Yeah. Okay. So I want to also make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. It sounds like you both are aligned with the fact that opportunity-wise, Black women are seeing more opportunities. And even, I guess, it, if we take that a little bit further, if there's more opportunity, then in theory, there's more choice, there's more freedom, there's more financial freedom, there's more economic freedom, etc. And I, I slightly agree with both of you in the sense that women are able to do more than they could 50 years ago or even 100 years ago, and especially Black women. Dana, I, I want to double-click on this head of the household thing. What does it mean for you and your family that your wife is head of the household? So so just being in the military, I'm gone a lot, like a lot. Pretty much gone maybe four to five months a year. In my household, it's kind of like I'm just, you know, I come home and I, I follow You're the rules. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm a visitor in my own household, so... And I accept that, you know, I commend my wife for being the father and the mother while I'm not here because I know that's a hard job. So I, I try not to impede a lot on what they have going on. I just kind of, I, I fall in line. Now, now I do have, you know, there's injects, there's times where as a man, I definitely have to make male decisions and be the head of the household. However, you know, what she says goes around here, regardless of, you know, who she's telling it to, me or the kids. And, you know, just growing up, like I said, we've been married 16 years and she's always made better decisions than I have ever since we were 15 years old. She's been making good decisions, you know, on both of our behalf. So I trust her. I trust her to make good decisions because I've gotten better as, you know, as, as I've gotten older, but I, I did make younger, uh, you know, I made questionable decisions and I always knew that she was going to make the best decision for both of us. So, yeah, when I say head of household, I just mean like I trust her to make those hard decisions when she needs to. And you also said sometimes you need to make male decisions. Yeah. What is, that? Uh, so, what is a male decision? So, <laughs> so I've been in the military since so I was 19 years old. So when it comes to security, that's my field. Like when it comes to protecting, physically protecting the family and our possessions, that's my field. So I think, I think my daughters, they understand that dynamic. If I do make a decision, then it's, she will not question my decision. If it may not be her decision per se that she would make, but as long as it's not detrimental to anyone in the household, she'll let me be the head of the household. I think males need that. I think males need to feel like they're in charge, even if they're not. Like, I understand I'm not in charge, 
But I think she does a good job of letting me feel like I'm in charge when I need to, just from a, a male egotistic thought process. You know, when I, when I need to feel like a man, she lets me, you know, do what I want to, uh, make decisions and things of that nature. But I know at the end of the day, like, if something needs to really be done, then we're going to make a decision together. She probably has 51% of the stake and I probably have 49. Hmm. That's quite close. Closer than I <laughs> might agree with, but. <laughs> well, well, hey. <laughs> 51% running company. It don't matter. It does. <laughs> That's it does. a lot. That 1% means everything. <laughs> Let them have that. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, hey, we're having a conversation here, okay? So what's uh, a good, okay, what's a good percentage then? I, d- I don't know. I think it, it would vary by household. And I think that the fact that Dana is in the military is like just a different, not like persona, dynamic. but every, yeah, it's just a different dynamic than most people have. This is true. By sort of commitment, she is at home with the kids more than he is. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's 60-40 if he's out three months a year. But anyway. Additionally, she works full time, too, with the kids. That's not her only uh, responsibility. She also has like financial responsibilities. You make, you're making not, your like, percentage go down. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, I, I, it's fine. As long, as long as I'm bigging her up, then that's fine. I can accept that. I can accept that. Like I said, you know, black women's stocks are going up. You know, this may sound uh, somewhat harsh, but it's getting to a point where they don't need us anymore. And I think some males, they don't like that. They want to feel needed. And this may, this may carry out. I mean, you said that. You said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get to a point where the, the black woman will need the black male for one thing. And, I never you know, said that. No, I'm, 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 I'm saying that. I'm saying that. But I'm saying as far as like stock going up and ours is going down. As the years go on, you're getting less and less dependent on a black man. I hear you. And I am here today to push back on that idea, mostly because I, I think that we need each other. And I think that the fact that the both of you answered my question, no without a doubt, is why we are having this discussion. The fact that you said, no, I don't think Black men are more privileged than Black women means that we absolutely need to discuss the ways in which my life, your wife's life, your daughter's lives are impacted by this concept of Black male privilege. Because I think there are instances of women doing really well relative to black men or their partner or their friend or whatever. And I think that exists. But I I think that there are still a lot of ways in which black male privilege exists. And I think you two have only really named, for lack of better words, ability and opportunity and opportunity within the scope of our society structure doesn't necessarily mean that like black women are winning overall. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't need to have a productive, collaborative relationship with black men. But I hear y'all and I appreciate your thoughts on that specifically. I've been doing some researching and I actually discovered this really cool checklist of all of the ways in which black men are privileged. And I love it because it was actually written by a black man. 
So it's not a woman telling black men all of the ways in which they're privileged. This is a man who has done social work, licensed social worker, therapist. His name is Jewel Woods. And he's had these conversations with black men and his work over and over again. And one of the things that he said in his and um, this checklist is that male privilege and the black community hasn't really been challenged and it doesn't really get a lot of attention. And men, black men don't really identify with it at all. And I think that's true just kind of based on what y'all are saying. But I do think it's true that black men are privileged. I think, Dana, your comment of like, I need to make a male decision. It's like, what decision is for a male versus a female? Like, Okay. Well, sure. well, maybe <laughs> when I said that, it wasn't per se a male decision, maybe a, a head of household decision. So maybe, I, see. Yeah, maybe I, could have, I see. Yeah, maybe I could have clarified that and, and said that a little better. And, you know, sometimes I need to feel in charge, even though, like I said, I'm, I know I'm not. But, also, but why do men need to feel, this is part of, I think, the problem. Like, why do men need to feel and assert that power. I mean, I think it's just the way society is set up and the way society has been set up. So is this certain things that we are made to believe that men should take care of? And there's certain things that we are made to believe that women should take care of. But those beliefs are really non-existent right now. I mean, because it's nothing that um, man can do that a woman can't do and vice versa besides having kids and not having kids. You know, society, unfortunately, uh, it weighs in heavy on male privilege. And this is a society that was unfortunately written by men. And that's where the male privilege, I believe, comes from anyway. Because if a woman could have written the last 500 years of uh, laws and whatnot, it'd be totally different out here. But they weren't able to write the laws. They weren't able to put their stamp on society and whatnot the way that I think they should have. Right. Yeah. Right. Those lines are being erased now. You know, back in the day, I felt like there were uh, definite lines where, you know, this is a male's responsibility. This is a female's responsibility. Those lines are, as time goes on, they're more and more non-existent. I think they're very well in existence. Yeah. Um, well, not in my household. Right. That's a great point because I, as an exercise, want to go through a few items from the checklist that Jewel Woods put together and hear your thoughts on each of them. But what I think is important to recognize in our conversation is that it's not about me and it's not about either of you. And I just ask that y'all kind of like think outside of yourselves and like put yourselves Think about your friends, think about your family, think about all of the other people that you have encountered in life, because there's always an exception to the quote unquote rule. And just because it doesn't happen in your household doesn't mean that it's not an actual issue in the black society. Gotcha. Fair? Gotcha. Sure. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Right, I get what you're saying. So the fun exercise. I'm going to basically say a few statements and we can like elaborate on some of them. But basically, I'll say a statement from this checklist. You can say true or false. Basically true. Yes, I identify with that. False. No, I do not identify with that. And really, the goal of this type of conversation is to give greater insight into the individual lives and collective lives of Black women and girls. And I really just want y'all as two fathers of two Black women and girls to think outside of yourselves. And as we talk about privilege, like understand how our lives actually differ 
Because I think that this type of discussion is how black families come together more and are stronger together when you can like kind of see both sides of the coin or both sides of the situation. And this is also an opportunity for y'all to educate me. I'm always looking and willing to learn. But I will jump into the first point. The first one is when I read African-American history textbooks, I will learn mainly about black men. True or false? True. (laughs) True mostly. True mostly. True. What's the mostly? I mean, because, of course, there are some women in black history books that we know about, but the majority of it is male inspired. Yeah. That's a privilege. Oh, yeah. That is a privilege. Okay. But that's history. It's still a privilege, though. I agree. But it's see, the the key word is history. Now, the history from 2000 to 3000, I think it's going to be totally different. Things going to be totally different. From 2000 to 2020. It's totally different. Okay, Name the black political women leaders you can think of from 2000 to 2020. I mean, the one that comes to mind is Maxine Waters. Uh, Woman wise, I mean, there are more men. Don't get me wrong. There are more more men, men that you can think of. Right. There are. That's but, the point. <laughs> but but at the same time, see you. OK, I see what you're saying. <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying, but that's still pretty fresh. See that? That's I mean, history. fresh or not. But fresh or not. That's still history. OK, let, let's look at it like this. I don't know how far back you were trying to go with the history of the black males and black females. But I mean, honestly, book wise, there are only a handful but there's been more than that. But those times are changing. And that, I think that's our fact. I mean, you can't go by the history because the history is being written by men. But starting 2000, really a little before that, probably in the 90s, 80s, the history is being rewritten. And especially right now, that's why I say it's changing completely. It's not as it was. It was very male oriented. But now is the, the history from now in 2050. I almost would willing to bet that you're going to be able to name more women leaders than you will be able to name male leaders in the last 50 years. Now, if you go back the last 100 years from now, yeah. Then- I, I understand what you're saying. Everything is still mostly produced by males. And the fact that you can't name more women than men in the last 20 years is still part of the same problem. But It's I, still the same thing. It doesn't matter I agree if they with don't- that. That's the agreement. That's what I said in the beginning that when you asked me about that I, I said that it was a time the time no, i'm saying 2000 to now okay what's that 20 years 20 yeah 20 all right i mean maxine waters kamala harris stacy abrams i think the ratio will increase there will be more women in the pool but still more men i don't know well we can make a bet right now but, but do you think we are moving in the right direction to level the playing field a bit? Because there, were, there was a point in time where, where it wasn't even a question where black females weren't even in the conversation to hold those positions. I agree. I just think that it still requires uh, open dialogues about who's producing the news, who's writing the history, who's getting the opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. We have to actually make noise about this. That's the only way it's going to ever be even. Ever. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. But, you know, it's also just black males alone. They just been making noise in the last 20 years or so. I mean, you can't go past the mid 80s and name black political leaders. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you can name 
You said past the 80s, before the 80s? Before the 80s. You can't, the 80s. You can't really name black. Everything is politics. But I mean, as far as Washington, D.C. is concerned, black political leaders, you can't name them. They, sure. they didn't I mean, even exist. So this is what I'm saying. See, in the last 40 years, black males have come up on a political stage. I mean, but, Jesse Jackson ran for president but, but in like the in 80s, the, right? Yeah, that was in the 80s. You know but what I'm saying? It did happen. But see, this is what I'm saying. That's a very short period. I think in the next 40 years, there will be more black women in the political field than there have been black males in the political field within the last eight, if you understand what I'm saying. That's why I said the ratio will go up, but there will still be b- more black men. Why? Because black men are going to get more opportunities. They're going to get. I don't know, uh, Britt. I, I don't. Let's keep I, going. I don't, yeah. Let's keep going because. <laughs> I, I don't, okay. I don't I mean, know, Britt. Yeah, I don't agree. I definitely I don't I understand agree. you don't agree. And that's why I am I have this checklist that was written by a black man who agrees with me. Once again, a black male wrote that. You see what I'm saying? About, it, about it, black it's men. His own perspective. Yeah, right. based on other conversations with black men. I got you. I understand. I just I don't agree with the first one. No, you you did agree. I mean, I agree, but I think you can't hold it at the present history because it's it was not, it was about the past, though. It was about the past. But you, I understand what you're saying. I really understand <laughs> what you're saying. But the the past history is flawed because men weren't letting women into these fields. Black sure, or white. Sure. So, so sure. it's a flawed history. Right, right. I mean, we live in a flawed world. That doesn't mean that it's okay. That doesn't mean we can't talk about it. That doesn't mean that we can't improve. Sure. There's definitely a male privilege, males in general, but I just don't see the black male privilege. Right. That's why we're having this discussion. But And I, I don't want to spend our, all of our time on that first one because I have many more points. But I agree that there is male privilege in general. We live in a patriarchy society. It was much more patriarchy patriarchal a hundred years ago than it was today. But that does not mean that patriarchy is dead. It's not. It's still alive in politics. It's still alive in a lot of things we do. On that note, the next point is um, that was kind of the leadership in politics bucket on the relationships bucket. True or false? If I am considering a divorce, I know that I have substantially more marriage and cohabitation options than my spouse. (sighs) <sighs> That's a tricky one. I would agree. I would agree somewhat. I, I just think that um, men still have the upper hand when it comes to divorces and what's going to come from divorces. I think it's changing, especially uh, depending on how much money you are actually talking about, how much money is being made, what property you own and whatnot. I think that has a lot to do with it. I think people in general that they both together make $150,000 a year or less. I don't think women push for more than they can actually get unless you're some type of celebrity, a sports star or whatnot. And I don't know. And see, I've been married twice and divorced twice and they were simple divorces. Nobody asked me for anything. So I guess that's a privilege. But this is not about necessarily what comes out of the divorce. This is saying after the divorce, I know that I have more marriage and future opportunities. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I don't know. I think women got more options. Males pursue women. Women don't really pursue males. So you could you could be a divorcee with six kids and you fly and you got everything together. It don't even matter. Ten dudes going to holler at you. 
But you could be a dude that's a divorcee with six kids. Ten women not going to holler at you going down the street or why you out. There is this not going to happen. I don't get hollered at like that. That's nothing's going to happen. Women have more opportunity at dating at fresh relationships than men because men pursue women more. I think the fact that men pursue women more is why men have more options. That's why. Uh, I don't know. I don't look at it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at it like that. I, I mean, I just don't. I mean, I, if women are the pursuant, I think that's right. <laughs> if we're pursued, the, the pursuee or the one that's pursued, <laughs> yeah. they have more options because they being pursued. You got one one dude will holler at 10 women, but 10 women not going to holler at one dude. So she has more options. If she's walking down the street and 10 guys try to talk to her, that's 10 options. Guys is not going to have those same options. Dana, go ahead. You have thoughts. So I think females have more options after uh, because I, I think, especially like in a black culture, it's, it's somewhat accepted. Uh, I'm going like on the kids route. It's somewhat accepted to have kids. It's not going to be an outliner as far as, you know, getting in a new relationship for a woman. I don't think they didn't guys kind of expect at a certain age that a female will have kids. Um, but for the other way around, from a female's perspective, I think if you, you know, if you do have a, a lot of kids and a male, then you're you're kind of frowned upon, I think. Um, and you, you won't have those opportunities. But a female is like, OK, well, she's she's 30 years old. She has two kids. That's fine. I don't necessarily agree with Pops or Dana, but unfortunately, we don't have enough time for my rebuttal. Dana, thanks for taking the time to join us to talk about Black male privilege. We look forward to revisiting this topic in a couple of weeks. But next week, we'll be talking about relationships because it's Valentine's Day weekend. Pops and I will be talking about ways that he has romanticized love in the past. In the meantime, we want to hear your thoughts on Black male privilege. Do you think it's real? Do you think it exists? Hit us up on IG and let us know. And if you like what you heard, spread the love and let other people know by writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes a few minutes. Don't forget to rate us five stars too. Peace out.